You're listening to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Some material may be disturbing and we use adult language. Listener discretion is advised. If you love the show, be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss new episodes. And if you want to support the show, please visit www.patreon.com slash killerqueenspod where as little as $3 a month gets you early access to shows and amazing additional content. Now on to today's case. All right, part three. Yeah, girl. Part three. I was wondering if you were going to do it. We have to. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. I mean, obviously, if you're just now starting this podcast, you're not going to start with this because it's part three. So you're well aware of all of the terrible of what accents we're doing that here. we've been doing. Yes. Yeah. So... We'll listen to the trailer. I don't know. Do you guys want to hear the trailer again? They can't answer. I have no idea. Let's not do the trailer again. Let's just... Cause you, guys third episode. you guys yeah. know. Yeah. You guys know. Yeah. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Okay. No trailer. We're just going to launch right into it. Perfection. Oh my God. We haven't even been saying that. I know. I tried to back off of it because I felt like I was overdoing it. I think I think it's our thing though. Okay. Well, then yeah. let's launch right into it. All right. So Mark Sisti says that Bill Flynn had months to perfect his story and his performance, basically. So he talks about how, you know, Bill Flynn is very emotional on the stand. And I think that to the jury and other people watching, that came across as remorse. And because the gravity of what had happened had set in at that point. Yeah, he took somebody's life. And he said that right before he shot him, he said, God, forgive me. And and he was. He was tearful. And he did seem remorseful. And Mark Sisti says, you know, he had plenty of time to come up with that act. And he did a good job. Like, he said it was not something that just came on in court. That was totally premeditated and all this stuff. And it that could be true. He could have acted. I don't think that he did um, because he was so young and I don't think there's anything else that points to him being a sociopath or anything. I don't think that he's just this very well-versed criminal who can turn on his emotions. But again, because his records were sealed, maybe we just don't know. But if you flip that around, Mark Sisti, Pam had plenty of time to come up with an act she didn't show any emotion. No. None. She's obviously either not a good actress or she didn't have enough time to prepare. Yeah, or she just didn't give a fuck. Right, exactly. Yeah, just like, like she just sort of forgot, like, oh, maybe I should pretend that I care that Greg's dead. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There was nothing from her. So he could have, they could have done something. Right. So Cecilia Pierce, she is called to the stand next. And she said that she was so nervous and so embarrassed to testify. And she said that a lot of the kids in her school had skipped school that day to show up to watch her testify. That's got to be nerve-wracking. Totally nerve-wracking. So what she did was she brought a bunch of, or a couple little dolls with her. I don't know what kind of dolls. Um, some little ponies, I don't know, <laughs> to hold while she was on the stand to like calm her and keep her focused. And she said that she was the connection between Pam and Billy when they were in the beginning stages of flirting with each other. And she said that Pam asked Cecilia to pass a note to Billy and Maggiato, Maggiato. Paul Maggiato. Maggiato. Yeah. He asked about the planning and she said that she had a choice either to kill Greg or to get a divorce. And 
prosecution stated that if she had gotten a divorce, her affair would have been made public, that she would have lost everything. It would not have been good for her reputation. Right. So the obvious choice would be to commit the murder, you know, yeah. or have the murder committed for her. So then Maggiato asked Cecilia why she didn't go to police after she found out about the murder. And she said that she was afraid that she was in trouble, that she said that Pam was manipulating her and made her think that she would be in big trouble as well as Pam and Billy and, you know, all the people that were involved in it. Yeah. And that she was basically just corroborating everything that Billy Flynn had said, that whatever he said on the stand was exactly the same as what Cecilia had said, which means or makes sense that it actually had happened. Yeah. Well, and she, you know, they play part of that conversation that she had with Cecilia, Pam had with Cecilia saying that, you know, if you go to the cops right now and you tell them what you know, then you're going to put Bill... J.R., Pete or Patrick or whatever they called him, and me in the slamma oh, so for the rest of our lives. Right. And then she was talking about, you know, and she even said, I thought it was really fucked up the way she said it. You know, she was basically like, look, you're fucked now. And this is just the situation that you're in. And that's unfortunate, but that's where you are. So you're either going to have to lie to get all of us out of trouble or you tell the truth and we all go to jail and you're in huge trouble. Yeah, so that's, and that's your fault. That's, that's what you have going on right yeah, now. That's where you are. Like, that's just where it is. And like too bad for you. Like that's so much pressure to put on a 16 year old kid mm -hmm. that is in over her head already. Yeah. And she said that, you know, she was trying to be part of these conversations because she didn't want to be left out. Like, she really wanted to be friends with Pam. Pam was older. She was like the coolest person she knew. She wanted to be in that crowd and she wanted to do what she could to stay in it. She didn't want to be irrelevant to the conversation. Right, exactly. So then Mark Sisti gets on the camera and he talks about how he said it was pathetic the way she was used by the state, that she got to have her new dress purchased by the state, she got to have her hair done, paid for by the state, and she got to testify for the state. Yeah, because she super big time wanted to testify. Like, she didn't want to. She was terrified of that. All right, and that goes back to what Pam said, where she was like, well, I mean, Cecilia got to get her... Um, 15 minutes of fame and got to be famous for this of course she wanted to testify like i don't know if they realize what testify obviously pam does because she's testified herself but it's like do you realize what all goes into it nobody wants to do this yeah exactly think. you're opening yourself up to be basically like crucified well yeah and there's nothing like that's left untouched they can no. say anything they want to they can bring up anything they want to mm -hmm. and even if you're on the state side you have to be cross-examined by the defense yeah and they're gonna do anything they can to make you not look credible yeah. so anything they can bring up any stupid decision that you've ever made anytime you've ever lied and gotten caught or whatever exactly. like exactly they're gonna bring it up and she i mean she was She's a sitting duck. Anybody who's on the stand is a sitting duck for, for whoever's going to cross-examine you. Exactly. She was scared. She didn't want to be up there. So after uh, Sisti said that, he... Well, then we see footage of him talking about 
because he questioned her next, of course, and he brought up the fact that Cecilia had helped Bill Flynn get the gun before the boys decided to take it from Vance Latimer Sr. Mm-hmm. And this is something the prosecution steered clear of. Never mentioned no. at all. No. Yes. So she said that she worked at a place called Papa Gino's, which sounds like it's got great pizza. Oh, my God, pizza. I know. I'm like, let's go there. I know. I want some pasta. <laughs> pasta. I can't think of any other words to... Some rigatoni. <laughs> <laughs> you got a one of the meatballs. You know, <laughs> that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> exactly. And he, she worked at Papa Gino's with a couple. And the wife apparently told Cecilia at one point that she, her husband had a gun, a handgun. She was worried about it. She wasn't comfortable that he had this gun and that he kept it in the glove compartment of his car. I'm sure her husband wasn't comfortable with the fact that she told everybody where the fuck his gun was. I know. If you want to know where his wallet is, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, do you want our bank uh, pin number? Yeah. Here's his social security number. Yeah. It's like, you should not up, tell girlfriend. everybody where your guns are. I know. Well, but she probably just, I don't know. Maybe she's one of those people that, like, when you meet them they just gush out everything that they ever know yeah i mean obviously she didn't think that somebody was going to use that information right for a bad purpose but so with that information cecilia takes it to the boys and she just tells them about it but what cecilia said was that she never meant to tell them hey here's this gun that y'all should go get because she didn't think that it was ever going to actually happen like she was just like well i know where a gun is but that when the couple went or no when the boys went to like steal it from the car it wasn't even there in the glove compartment yeah so they couldn't steal it which was nice but that's when cecilia is like really talking about how she just wanted to be part of the, the conversation and um sisty said that cecilia was implicating herself in the murder plot by helping to procure a firearm for the murder and that she had every reason to cooperate with the state because she didn't want to go to jail herself that it was all part of what we in the biz call a conspiracy yeah, I think he has a point. I do too. I mean, first of all, I do understand that Cecilia was young, and I do understand that she wanted to be part of the conversation, but she says several times, did I think Pam was serious? Yes. Did I think they were going to actually follow through with it? No. And I don't, I mean, I know that she was young and everything, but if you think that she's that serious about having her husband murdered... You have to take that next step and think that even if Bill doesn't do it, maybe she's going to hire somebody else to do it. Yeah, if that's a real... You've got to tell somebody that. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I know where you can get a gun, um, and then feel like you've washed your hands of the whole thing. That's you being part of something and somebody lost their life. Like, I just... I don't know. I'm a little bit torn because she was very young and I do think that she was manipulated. But at the same time, we're talking about fucking murder. Yeah. We're I not just, talking about somebody getting their paycheck stolen. I wonder how she feels about this now because they don't really ever ask her in the documentary like, you know, do you realize the gravity of what everything that happened and your your part that you played in it? Because yeah. I don't think that she she didn't receive any jail time at all no she didn't and i i see very much from the defense's perspective why this is her getting such a good deal i mean that's like the jay and the adnan syed case 
he cooperated, quote unquote, and he got immunity. And I feel like immunity should be off the table. I, don't I think know. it should too. If you if you have done something that that warrants jail time, I don't think you should be able to to just because that just gives people a reason to say shit that may or may not have happened. Well, right. It but, just I mean, it gives a lot them of times... every. It, I mean, it's it's the same thing as dangling life insurance money in front of a fifteen year old for murder. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. I just yeah, I don't I don't think they should do that. I think it's either Cecilia wants to tell her story or she doesn't. I think they had plenty on Pam with the wire. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know. I just, I didn't like that. Right. Then prosecution calls Detective Pelletier to present a critical piece of evidence. And he was responsible for introducing the wiretaps and recordings to the court. They decided that beforehand they wanted to get the tapes enhanced because the quality of the tapes was atrocious. And they were embarrassed, which they should have been, to introduce that to court. So they contacted a gentleman that worked with the White House Watergate case. And he was an expert on recording enhancement. And you can hear, obviously, like, or not obviously, but before and after. The after was you could hear the voices better and the background noises just disappear. But the tapes, they were better, but they were not great. I mean, I almost feel like it made it a little bit worse. mm. Like... Because they tried to enhance it so much that it almost distorts. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it just kind of like blown out, kind of? Yeah, it does. And like, so they had the the transcripts for the jury to read. Well, and everybody, I guess, in the courtroom to read as they're listening to it. And everybody got their little special headphones or whatever, which were, I mean, Sony Walkman at best headphones. I had some of those. Yeah. yeah, they're pieces of shit if you're really trying to like enhance audio like that they needed beats by dr dre or whatever they really did but like they have the transcripts and so the jury is instructed that and how are you supposed to do this but they're saying if there's a variation if you get to a point in the transcript where you're not sure if that's what it says or like if you get to a point in the tape like you're supposed to use the tape the tape is the evidence not the transcript So you really, the transcript is just a tool and the tape is what you have to go by. But human nature is going to use the transcript to fill in those gaps. If your brain cannot make sense of what you're hearing, it's going to say, oh, I, because you have those words in front of you, your brain will then interpret the sounds to be those words. It, so what what we both do is while we're watching like documentaries like this, we put on the subtitles or the captions. When I'm because I w- was going back and forth between like I was trying to eat a little breakfast this morning while I was you know re- researching something, and so I went back to a Boy Meets World episode on Hulu, and it still had the captions, and I found myself not even really listening. I was just reading the captions, even though I can hear right the yeah. dialogue. It's there though. Yeah, and I I kind of wish. I would like to listen to those tapes and not have a transcript in front of me, but I kind of wish I could have done that before because now I know, I know right. what the gist of it was that they were saying. Your but I judgment's would, tainted. Yeah, like I would like to see what I think I hear without the transcript, but you can't do that now because we need one of those MIB 
men in black memory oh, erasers. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, because once you have that transcript in front of you, that's what you heard. Right. That's what you're, that's what you think you heard. Totally. That's just all there is to it. And I don't blame the defense at all for saying that because it's true. Yeah. Detective Pelletier says that in one of the quotes from the tapes that Pam says she's worried about her phone being tapped and that someone who is innocent does not worry about their phone being tapped, which is absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, she said, she says, you know, talking to Cecilia, when you called me and said you should have just got divorced, I could have fucking killed you or whatever, because like, what if my phone's tapped? You know, she's going on about how Cecilia was kind of given a little bit too much on the phone and she was freaking out about it because what if somebody was listening? Like, yeah. yeah, if you had nothing to do with it, why would you be worried about that? Right, exactly. So she never, in these tapes, never actually confessed to the murder or orchestrating it, but she did say that Cecilia was in a position where she was going to have to put, and we already talked about this, had to put Pill, pill Bill, put Pete, put JR in her in the slamma for the rest of their fucking lives. Yeah, and she also says, like, who are they going to believe? Because uh, she also says, now, I think JR is getting ready to roll. He's going to be the one who's going to turn on everybody because he wasn't even in the house. He was supposedly in the car. She's like, I don't know where he was, but I don't think he was ever in the house. So he's going to roll on everybody, and he's going to blame Bill and Pete, and then he's also going to blame me. So that he can get out of this because he's not going to want to spend the rest of his life in jail. Now, who are they going to believe? A 16-year-old kid in the slamma, hmm. or me with a professional reputation? Hmm. She's like, you know, they're going to come to me and say, well, he's saying that you did it. And I'm going to have to say, well, no, I didn't. She's not saying, but I didn't have anything to do with it. She's just saying like, they're they're gonna say well this is what he said you did so i'm just gonna have to tell them no i didn't and they're just gonna believe me because i'm professional i'm 22 i'm a grown adult right like i'm this you know 40 year old executive yeah basically and like you know and he's the 16 year old kid and he's in jail he already looks bad like who are they gonna believe right again those are loose lips sink ships yeah exactly i mean she did that to herself and those things i think are clear enough i think you wouldn't need a transcript to understand what she was saying there but again you know i don't know what i would think without the transcript but it sounded clear as a bell to me i mean i could hear the words her saying that and it's not Good. I mean, it definitely, I believe, 100% points to her guilt. I don't think there's any other way you can interpret that. No, I don't think so either. And I do, yeah, I think that there were multiple things in the case that the defense definitely had and said that it was unfair or it was... Prejudicial. Sure, yeah, yeah. and that is 100% true. But at the end of the day, we we don't have her confessing But we have her saying, I just have to say I didn't know about it. I've got to tell them, and you've got to lie because you knew about it beforehand. But you've got to lie about it. You've got to lie to save me because if you tell the truth, I'm going to get arrested. Everybody's going to point to me, and I'm just going to have to tell them I didn't do it. And they're just going to have to believe me over these kids. Right. 
if you didn't have anything to do with it, and the way that they spin it for their defense doesn't, it's not logical. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way you can play it, really. Mark Sisti then, he plans to undermine the state's key witnesses, the teenagers, and he starts telling Pam's story. And then he calls Sonia Fortin Simon, mm-hmm. if you remember her from episode one, calls her to the stand. And she claims that Pam was constantly crying during the, well, during everything. I mean, yeah, she like says the funeral, that, and she said she was like physically laying her body over his casket, and she was grieving and all these things. Yeah, sobbing, because the media is still portraying her as the ice queen and the, you know, black widow and that kind of stuff. So she was trying to negate that. And she said that it was a loving couple, or they were a loving couple with a fantastic marriage. But during cross-examination, Maggiato asks Sonia, and he rips her the fuck he apart. He does, yeah, he does. He was like, well, what was the first time she ever told you about her relationship with Bill Flynn? And Sonia said that Pam had told her about it a month and a half prior to that. And he said, well, in all of the times that you had spoken over the summer, she had never mentioned anything about having an affair with a teenager. And Sonia was like, yes, that's that's true. It, he, she never did. And he was like, well, I thought you knew Pam pretty well. I, uh, I, I guess I just thought that you guys were closer than that. And... Maggiano says that obviously her closest friends didn't know her well enough to know her her deepest, darkest secrets. And like, how the fuck would she know that he was plotting or she was plotting to kill Greg? Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, this hasn't been easy for her and all this stuff. And by the time she finished like her, her testimony, she was sobbing and he definitely like, yeah, he ate her alive. And, and he, that was effective because what he did was, he showed what they wanted to do was get people up and be like, I know her and she's not capable and this is the type of person that she is. But immediately he says, well, she was keeping this from you. What's to say she wasn't keeping other stuff from you? Exactly. Like it's it's just it totally undermines the credibility. And then Mark Sisti didn't put anybody else on the stand to be a character witness for Pam because he knew that Maggiato was just going to eat him alive. Mm-hmm. Then here comes Pam and she takes the stand. She said that she never had a problem taking the stand because she felt like the best person to defend her was herself. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a problem with it because she was innocent. So, you know, who cares if she gets up there? So she claims that Greg went out one night and said that he didn't come home that night. And when he came home the next morning, he told her that he messed up and he had an affair. Mm -hmm. And she said that it messed with her self-esteem and it really took a toll on her as a wife and as a, you know, woman. She said she turned it inward on herself. What's wrong with me? What did I do to make him want to do this? And all that stuff. And I think that's a pretty typical response. Do we know if that's legit? No. Yeah, I mean, the only person that said that was her. I don't know if she said... That doesn't mean it's not true. Right. But I don't know if she told any of her friends that or anything when it happened. Well, like, nobody said anything. And in the documentary, they kind of took... Like, they were when they were talking about it, it was like it was 100% true. I mean, nobody was like... Even yeah. questioned the validity of it. Yeah, they talked about it like it was fact. But the only person that talked about it was her and then Diane basically reported on the fact that Pam had said that. Right. None of the friends said, 
I remember when that happened and Pam was distraught or she was heartbroken. That's not to say, I mean, I think that probably a lot of people would not tell people about that. Maybe you, you probably don't want your dad to know that your husband cheated on you because now your dad's going to hate him. Or maybe you don't want your friends to know that your husband cheated on you because they won't like him well, anymore. What about the friends that you have that you take nudie pics in bed with? What about those friends? Maybe you would tell them. I would think. I mean, you're sharing a lot of other shit with them. I'm just saying. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I feel like either Sonia or Tracy would have known about it. Right. I, th- I feel like she would have told them, so I would have liked to know their take or if or if she did mention it to them. Right, exactly. Just wondering. Because we have seen, like Jody Arias, people try to throw their victims under the bus. Absolutely. Yes. So she says that's when she saw in... Diane is the one who described him as this doe-eyed Bill Flynn, and she was susceptible to that. But she says that Bill Flynn instigated the affair, that she found out from Cecilia that Bill had a crush on her, and that she didn't even like him at first, but she started to once they started doing the orange juice commercial. (laughs) Again, it's like nobody says anything. (laughs) But maybe Cecilia did say, oh, Bill thinks you're pretty or something. And then she passed this note. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's just, the whole thing is just so juvenile anyway. Yeah, it's such a he said, she said, and then it's like, um, I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. Exactly. Tell Cecilia. Right. Like, but she's she's claiming that she did not start it, that Bill did. And I think that that goes to say, like, and, and maybe it was important to her to even put that out there because she wanted to be like, Right. I wasn't manipulating anything. He's yeah. the one who started this. Yeah, but at this point, what does it matter who started the affair? The affair happened. Right. And the affair in and of itself is what the prosecution is alleging that you used. They, I don't think they were trying to say that she started the affair for that purpose. Right. I think she saw the affair once it happened as a mode of getting rid of Greg. Right. It was an out. Yeah. She said that the day that they had sex, um, that she, everything that he said was true. They, you know, Bill and Cecilia came over. They watched nine and a half weeks. They went upstairs. They did all the things. But when asked if the ice cubes had happened, she was like, no, absolutely not. I think he's having trouble realizing where reality began and the fantasy stopped. Which kind of pissed me off because the way she said it, she had such a snotty look and like an <laughs> attitude with it. Yeah. And I don't know. That just gets on my nerves. Have you ever been like the third wheel where two people are like like on a date or something and you're just there? Like, I feel bad for Cecilia. I know. Me too. She's like, I'm watching this fucking basically porno yeah and with they're them, like and now they're gonna go up doing and sexy fuck. eyes at each other yeah it's disgusting it like, is it's weird i went on one date with my friend and she literally like made out with her boyfriend the whole time and it was so weird and we were at the movies and i ended up just going to sleep i was like just <laughs> make it in just pass out yes <laughs> it was so weird that's so weird yeah yeah that's gotta that's gotta suck yeah So Pam said that she had mixed emotions about the affair, that she didn't ever feel good about herself about it, that she had strong feelings for Bill and loved him at one point, but she never stopped loving Greg the entire time. She says that days before the murder, she told Bill that the affair was over 
And she said that he told her just to get a divorce. And she said that she wouldn't do that because she loved Greg and she wanted to be with him. And she says that Bill at that point says that he was going to kill himself because of it. Right. So now she's saying, again, this has never come out anywhere else except for in court. So from if you're going to use Mark Sisti's logic of Bill had all this time to come up with this performance, well, Pam had all this time to come up with, oh, well, that's the reason he did it. He he broke or I broke up with him. So he went ahead and decided to murder my husband because he thought that was the only way we could be together. That if he got rid of him, then then I would decide to have the relationship back on or whatever. Right. But she doesn't say that any other time. I do understand in some ways why she would try to hide the affair because obviously that doesn't look good. But at the same time, it would have done her a lot better to come clean with it and say, look, I was having an affair. I ended it a couple days ago. And maybe you need to look at him because maybe he got mad. That would have explained why he was the shooter instead of it coming out and they had to pry and probe and find that she's the connection between him and the shooter and all this stuff. If you had just come out and said that stuff, and even after they found out that it was him, she still never said, well, I broke up with him a couple days before. Maybe that's why. Right, exactly. Like, it's just something that she made up all of a sudden. Yeah, because her defense attorney was like, well, here's how we can spin it. Right, exactly. So two days after, or after two days of an examination, the defense rests and the prosecution starts to question Pam. And Paul Maggiato, he begins by addressing the state's evidence uh, with the tapes of Pam. And he says that, or she said that when the police weren't taking her calls anymore or telling her anything about the case, that she went to Cecilia because Cecilia was the one who could give her information. So she says that she... Told, would tell like Cecilia would be talking to her and be like oh well you know I heard that a glove was dropped at the scene or there I heard that, that a knife was involved and she said it seemed like the only way that she was going to get any information was to talk to Cecilia so she was desperate to see if any of the information that she was giving her was true so then Sisty said that in those tapes Pam was attempting to be her own little detective and of course that backfired this is laughable. I don't understand how Paul Maggiato kept a straight face. I know. When he was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because <laughs> like, like next we'll hear that she was, she thought she was auditioning for a movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it sounds like. And it, because none of it makes sense. She wasn't asking any questions. She wasn't saying anything like she wasn't, none of the stuff that she claims you know, that, oh, I was just trying to get information or she's the one who had all the information, so I'm talking to her about it. She doesn't do anything like that. Cecilia is the one who's talking to her, and Pam's just like, well, lie. Just lie. Just don't tell him you knew anything. I've got to tell him I didn't know anything. Like, that's not you asking questions. That's not you trying to get any information. That's not, like, she never was like, hey, what have you found out? What are people saying around, you know, school? Has anybody said what they think, ha- you know, like she's not asking any questions. It's just she's not being stu- a detective at all. No, she's just fucking trying to save her ass, cover her ass and make sure that Cecilia doesn't give away too much information right. to the police. Exactly. And so Paul is like, 
so you were just trying to fig to see if you could be the one to figure it out. What, what were you going to do? Were you going to write, uh, I don't know what he, what did he like call write it? Write a report. Yeah, write a report and send it into the police. Yeah. And she was like, yes, that's absolutely what I was going to do. Sure, I was going to write a report. Yeah, I was going to have it on their desk by Monday morning. Yeah, she said in her mind she would play a game with Cecilia and say that she knew more about the murder than she did to get the information from her, that she was just role-playing. And Sisti was like, you know, Pam may have been a college-educated person and she may have been over 21 but she wasn't the most mature which is one of the smartest things that paul sisty has ever or mark sisty has ever said i think because yeah yeah that's the truest thing that he's ever said i mean like he said some true things but i was like yep you hit the nose right on that one you know Mm -hmm. yeah tracy paris said that she had been that pam had been prescribed prozac at that time, which can make you more manic, that she wasn't in her right mind when she was attempting to do her own investigating to try to solve this murder. And Tracy also said, though, she was like, yeah, she called me and told me that she was going to try and talk to Cecilia and find out what she knew and that she was going to role play with her or whatever. And I'm like, did she, though? There's no fucking way that Pam told you ahead of time. Because Pam didn't know that Cecilia was going to come into her office that day. She didn't know that she was going to call her that day. <laughs> no, she she was surprised both times. So she didn't know that that was going to happen. And you're exactly right. Pam didn't call Cecilia. Cecilia called Pam. Cecilia visited Pam. Pam didn't go to Cecilia's house. That's the long con if that's what she was doing. Exactly. Like, I'll just wait and wait and wait and hope that Cecilia calls me. I think if... Pam told Tracy anything it was of course after the fact and it would have been something like Cecilia visited me today and she's going to the police station later because they're questioning her maybe I don't think that Pam talked to Tracy about it at all but Tracy is now trying to say yeah Pam told me when it was happening that she was gonna do that You know, it was definitely, that was her plan all along, was to try and investigate it herself. Again, that's a good friend, because I'll be damned if I said anything like that about you. I know. I would never lie for you. That's, what are you doing here? I know. Maggiato then talks about her behavior after the teen boys were arrested, and that she did everything in her power to cover up that there was an affair. And if she was trying to solve the murder, then she should have told police about the affair, which is something that we've already brought up, but it's so true, because that would point a finger at bill as a suspect and help them catch him but the whole thing is it was never any of pam's concern to find the killer because no no no. she because she orchestrated she knew that she was connected to it if if she was just having an affair which again not cool and especially who she was having an affair with disgusting and illegal but that doesn't necessarily make you a murderer so If she was only having an affair and she did not orchestrate the murder of her husband, then absolutely, I believe she would have been like, you know what? I had an affair with him and he got angry when I broke up with him. You need to look at him. She didn't do that. She was pulling the, well, I thought that if I did that, then it would bring me into it. People would suspect me. Why would they suspect you, though? Like, why are you so afraid of that? That's like when Diane Downs was saying that Christy was going to implicate her in the shooting. And everybody's like, well, why? Why would she do that? If you didn't have anything to do with it, why would she do that? 
Like you only say stuff like that and you only are worried about that if you are in fact guilty yeah, or you have something the, to be worried for. Thou protest too much or whatever. Oh, thou like, dost protest too yeah, much. Yeah, like that's, she's making too big of a damn deal about it. Yeah, exactly. Just so stupid. Yeah. So Sisty claims that she didn't go to the police with the affair because she thought it would be crude, that it would add to the circus. Um, Sisty is such a cheerleader for Pam Smart. He really is. Like, yeah, it is crude and it's illegal. It's, Mm -hmm. it's statutory rape is what it is, but you didn't go to the police about it. The police are not the ones who released those photos to the media. Somebody else did. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it was the police, but I don't think so. Like the police are going to follow the leads. And if it if it was just she had an affair, I mean, you're going to lose your job. Like that's all there is to it. But you wouldn't have gone away for murder if you had nothing to do with it. Exactly. Pam spent three days on the stand. And after she was off the stand, people were like, because this is all being recorded and being broadcast, and people were, like, kind of pissed about it because they were like, we saw Bill crying hysterically while he's on the stand. He's understanding the weight and the gravity of what has happened and what he has done. Mm-hmm. But when they watch Pam, she's matter-of-fact, zero emotion, it's cold. And after 11 days of testimony, the defense rested its case, and now it's up to the jury. I... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I also didn't like how Bill Spencer was like, when he was talking about Pam taking the stand, I forgot about this. He said, you know, I'm I'm like everybody else. Like, I'm like, okay, now we're finally going to get the payoff and all this stuff. And I'm like, do you have to talk about it like that? Like, you know, are are we forgetting Greg Smart was murdered? I think everybody forgot that Greg Smart was murdered, except for maybe Greg Smart's family. Yeah, like... I just didn't love that he used the word payoff and like, he's like, you know, I've put in all this work and now here's the fruits of my labor. I'm going to get to see Pam Smart testify. This is going to be fucking gold Mm -hmm. for my news station or whatever. And I'm like, it's just disgusting. It is. It's really gross. I hated it. The jury deliberated for three days and then now they're ready to announce the verdict. There were... Bill Spencer said there were more reporters, more photographers, more media there in that courtroom that day than any day previous. And it was like so jam-packed with people. You could just hear click, 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 click every, you know, the whole time. The judge made it clear, though, that there were to be absolutely no outbursts and no celebrating of any kind after the verdict had been read. And the jury gets up there. I don't know who you call them. The four person, the foreman, the Mm -hmm. The four person. The four skin. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. And they get up and they ask what the verdict is. And she was found guilty of three counts. Being an accomplice to first degree murder. She was found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder. And she was found guilty of witness tampering. And Paul Maggiato, he's super excited about it. Like, just relieved because he felt like justice was served. And... Pam got life in prison without the possibility of parole. So Judge Douglas Gray, he said, I am required and and do hereby sentence you to the New Hampshire State Prison for Women for the remainder of your life without possibility of parole. 
which is kind of, Bill Spencer was like, it was super heavy. I've never heard anybody say that before, like, for the remainder of your life. Like, really drove it home. And the fact that she was 22 years old, he was like, it was just like, that's so fucking long. Like, that's hearing it worded that way. I also, when Pam talked about hearing the verdict and hearing guilty, and she said, you know, it was like 12 counts, I guess, and so she had to hear guilty every time. And Well, it was... 12 counts because it was 12 jurors. It was three. She said 12 guilties times three. Oh, yeah. 12. That's right. 12 guilties times three. And she was like, it felt like getting shot in the heart over and over and over and over. And I'm like, like your husband was shot in the head. Right. Again. It's all about her. Yeah. It was all about how she felt in that moment. Right. And this took her life away from her. Mm hmm. I just can't with this bitch. I know. Her aunt was interviewed after the verdict was read, and she said that this was a direct quote. I wasn't prepared for it. The family, we're not prepared for this kind of verdict. And when the reporter asked if she felt like she got a fair trial, she said, no, I don't. The media didn't even seem to care that she was innocent. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think that they did because, and that's what, I mean, Paris, Paris, Tracy Paris said that too. She was like, she was tried and convicted by the media before the trial even happened. Yeah. And th- I think that's true. I think that the I don't think that the media ever considered that she could be innocent, which then made the general public feel that way and probably tainted the jury. Maybe I don't know. I can't imagine that anybody in that area didn't know all of these salacious details. Well, Mark Sisti said that they had newspapers in the pool, like the jury pool room or whatever, where they were like, I don't know, maybe taking breaks or whatever, um, that somebody else said, it was one of the other reporters, she was like, at that point, you could you could record it on your VCR and get home and watch it that night. They were recapping it on Mm -hmm. the nightly news. So once you got done in court, you could go home and watch the recap of what had happened that day. Like you could keep up with it constantly. So there was no way that nobody, you know, that they weren't contaminated with it or they, you know, at the same time, I think that we do have to give the jury some credit here. And do we, do we though, Torella? And just kidding. (laughs) You know, think about the evidence that they had in front of them because the evidence that they had against her was very damning. Yes. And there have been instances like the Casey Anthony trial. That shit was all over the media. You would have had to take it to like, I don't know, fucking Timbuktu to yeah, not have had. exactly. And they fucking acquitted her. Because they didn't feel like there was enough evidence. So there are jurors that are really going to follow their instructions and they're really going to take that seriously. And I think that once you once you factor in Pam's own words, th- this whole role-playing defense doesn't add up. It, it doesn't hold weight. It just collapses. Right. And the jury could see right through that. And it only took them three days. I mean, I've heard of cases where it's taken them much, much, much longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, some cases where it only took eight hours or nine hours, but three days, that's not that's not super long in the span of things. Like, it was seemed a little bit to me like kind of a slam dunky type of case mm-hmm. it, for something that was a he said, she said type of case. 
Yeah. So in the days after the conviction, the defense takes it back to Judge Douglas Gray, and they say that Pam deserves a new trial. And Judge Gray, who, again, is no-nonsense and very much like a fucking bulldog, he's like, nope, no need for a new trial. Mm -mm. Move on. Yeah. So now there's nothing left for Pam to do but to appeal on the state level, the federal level, and the Supreme Court level, and nothing works. So the only way that they will be able to appeal it is if they get some new evidence that comes forward. And at this point, Bill Flynn, Patrick Randall, and Vance Latimer Jr. have all completed their sentences, so they're out. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy to me, but I do not know how I feel about that. I don't know. Yeah, he was granted parole. Bill Flynn was 25 years after the murder. So he just recently-ish got out. Yeah, so that was a few years ago. He was paroled in 2015. I was going to say 2015, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that is... I'm conflicted about that, too. I'd be interested to know what you guys think about it. Like, yeah, I thought it would be good. Like, go on the Facebook group or whatever and, and tell us what you think about this. We'll do a we'll do a post so you can, like, comment on it, like a thread or whatever. But I'm interested to know, like, how people feel about that because there's so many different factors that go into it, like how young they were and the fact that she she was the planner, if, in fact, she was, which I believe she was, but... You know, if if she didn't plan it, they were do like, was it if it were not for Pam Smart, would any of these kids have participated in a murder? Right. You know, so she's the common denominator there. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's interesting because she's. I mean, she's in for life, but like for her, if you if you can be that cold and be like, okay, I'm going to leave everything open. I'm going to have everything planned. I'm going to use kids at my school. This will be super easy. You know, make sure you don't get blood on my carpet. Make sure you put the dog away so it's not traumatized. Make sure you totally murder my husband. You know, like if you can do that to one person for for mur or for money, like for insurance money and whatever, and just to get rid of him, like. What, what else, else are you, you going to do? Of, who else yeah. is who else is in danger? Like it's, you know, but if these kids can be talked to it for fucking $500 and some ass like Yes. But I mean, maybe there's like, you know, the Canadian way, maybe it's a good chance to rehabilitate and re Yeah, I mean, you know? Bill Flynn was pretty involved with like I don't know, I think he did he tried to do things in prison. I don't I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Maybe continue. Just stop talking about it if you don't know about it. Continue. Okay. So at this point in the documentary, Diane Diamond goes in and interviews Pam Smart and it kind of like it's I mean it's fine, but the way that they brought like they presented it in the documentary, they were like Pam or Diane Diamond gets an exclusive interview with Pam Smart. And it's like, well no shit. She's been being interviewed the entire three parts. We've seen interview footage the whole time. It's not nothing new. But anyway so Diane Diamond, Diamond asks about her affair with Bill Flynn, and she asks if Pam ever thought to herself, like, what am I doing here? And Pam says, all of the time. I ask myself that a hundred times every day. Then she asks why the boys would turn on her like they did, and she said that New Hampshire is a capital murder state, and the only way that they were going to get out of being sentenced to death was to turn over on her. She said that Bill got them into this mess. However you cut it, if you believe that 
she was guilty or if she was innocent, it doesn't matter. Whichever way you want to look at it, Bill was the reason why Vance, Latimy Jr., and Pete Randall were implicated in this. Then Diane asks about Cecilia and why she would why her friend would lie about her. And we kind of discussed this a little bit earlier, but she said, well, why wouldn't she lie? It was only for her. It's the only way for her to become famous is by testifying against me. And you know, there are people who throughout the years thought that she had a crush on Bill or if she did, or if she was jealous or whatever. I don't know. I don't really know, but I know that members of her own family have called her a liar, which jealous of what? Well, I guess she's saying she was jealous of Pam and Bill's relationship because she said that there was talk about Cecilia having a crush on Bill. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So I I don't know about that. But then they talk about the tapes, and Pam says that she thinks that the tapes were butchered or cut up and that someone put other words in and changed the words in the transcripts. So she thinks that somebody was tampering with the tapes and the transcripts to make it seem like something was said that wasn't said. And then producers asked Paul Maggiato who transcribed the tapes, and he said someone in the attorney's office that had typing skills typed them up. And he said they were confident and felt comfortable that what was on the tapes was what was on the transcription. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what they played in the documentary seemed to match up. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, you have to think about, because even if, like, I mean, our brains are crazy. Like, even if you have a word, as long as the first letter and the last letter are correct, your brain will figure out what Figure out the rest say. of the word. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, <clears throat> your brain naturally tries to fill in gaps. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. But, I mean, listening to it and seeing the closed captions, it seemed correct to me. Yeah, me too. I don't know. In February of 2018, attorneys for Pam Smart filed a petition with the New Hampshire governor, Chris Sununu, requesting a reduction in her life sentence, which would make her eligible for possible parole or early release for time served. And they are awaiting the governor's response. I looked up and in April, there was a article about that. And at that point, they still had no response from the governor. Hmm. so I'm guessing now they still don't. I don't know, but yeah. I tried to find something that was very recent, and that's the, the best that I got, and there's still no word about her life sentence reduction, so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I just feel like I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would have to see if I could find this, too, but I don't think Pam's done anything while in prison to you. It's, like, notable enough to be like, yeah, maybe... Yeah, to show that she has made efforts. But also, they're never going to parole her if she maintains her innocence. Right. She's going to have to plead guilty. Well, and when asked that, she was like, because Diane Diamond was like, well, why don't you, you know that you wouldn't be here right now if you pled guilty. And she was like, why show, so I have to plead guilty to be released from prison. But if I plead not guilty, I'm stuck in prison for the rest of my life. That's fucked up like that our our justice system should not work that way it's ridiculous that it works that way yeah I mean I agree with her there too because if the if the sentence warrants 
or if the crime warrants the sentence of life in prison, that should be regardless. Mm-hmm. So if she pleads guilty, like, I, that, I don't get that. Say, so you murdered somebody, and if you plead guilty, you get 15 years, and if you plead not guilty, you get life in prison. Why? Mm-hmm. Is, are you trying to say that's because of remorse? Because just because somebody pleads guilty doesn't mean they give a fuck. Right. They're exactly. just like, sure, I did it. Whatever. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. The, the sentence should be the sentence, mm-hmm. regardless of the plea. I agree. Yeah. So that is the Pam Smart case, and I am interested to see or hear about what other people think about this case. Yeah, so definitely check out the Facebook group. We'll do a thread um, about this case or about this, yeah, this case because it's three episodes long, obviously, but um, so that you can kind of weigh in and let us know what you guys think. Um, and P.S., it's not nobody's going to argue. Like, you get to put what you think. And nobody gets to be pissed about it. <laughs> like I have yeah. seen some posts on some of these other Facebook groups that get like at each other's throat. I've never seen that on our group, so I don't think it'll happen. But I'm telling you right now, if you do it, I'm going to boot your ass. Ooh. She'll Out. put a boot in your ass. <laughs> yeah. We, we love each other in our group. And yeah, we, we just, do. you know, we just want to see what people think. So I just wonder like... Yeah, how do you feel about her being in for life? How do you feel about the shooter being out? Mm-hmm. And um, I wonder if anybody thinks she's innocent. Yeah, that would be interesting to hear from somebody who does think that she's innocent. Yeah. But again, you're not going to be crucified for it. Absolutely not. It's going to be fine. Yeah. We're all friends. Yes. So do that. Check it out. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you have a blessed afternoon or whenever you're listening to this yeah and thanks for sticking with us for three episodes of pammy smart yeah and thanks for hopefully not holding it against us every time we try to do a terrible um new hampshire accent it's only terrible because we're doing them they're not terrible in general (laughs) exactly yeah that's that's the terrible part is us um yeah so we'll have a new case next week thank you Bye. bye Get in on the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Killer Queens Podcast and join our Facebook discussion group at Killer Queens Podcast where we discuss cases covered on the show and all things 90s. If you want to submit a case to be covered on the show, visit www.killerqueenspodcast.com slash case submission and complete the form. If we cover the case, we'll even give you a shout out on the show. Killer Queens is researched, mixed, and mastered by our own damn selves. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. And our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Lila's! Lila's.